0: A non-psychic telling you how to be psychic. I'm sure I'm not the first one. My name is Ghost Guy Daniel, and this is The Spirit Show. Now, I'm not going to approach it from the side of being a psychic, because I definitely am not. I am self-proclaimed non-psychic ever since originally getting into the world of the paranormal. It just wasn't my thing. I would go into haunted locations as an investigator. I originally was like the host and coordinator, which I kind of held that job title towards the end, which I stopped doing investigation around the year 2004. But I would go in as the coordinator and I would see myself as such, but then I started hearing people's experiences and I look around at the team and nobody was recording it. So I I turned myself away from it. Somebody else became the coordinator, and I was more the journalist. So I liked sitting down. I I interviewed people. I heard their ghost stories. This was my passion, hence why I am now a ghost guide. From the side of being psychic, though, I I always saw it as kind of a mystery. I worked with two amazing psychics, uh, Kate and Michelle, and later on, Suzanne, and you know, from the beginning and getting towards the end of doing investigations, I never questioned their ability once because they were both accomplished psychics on their own, but it was amazing with Kate and Michelle mostly. It's like when they came together, it was almost like they created this lightning rod and just absolutely floored. I I mean, at the beginning, I would sit back and just watch them work and the impressions that they got the body language, their facial expressions, as all of it was happening, you know, I looked very deeply into this, and uh, you know, it just it it was it was something to behold. I don't know if you've ever been to a psychic, like sat down for a reading, and when you're you know getting the reading, if you're a sensitive person, if you can pick up on people's emotions, if you tell when people are lying to you, et cetera, et cetera and you've had a psychic in front of you that's the real deal, you know what I'm talking about. They really are diving deep into their impressions. They are sitting there, they're reading the energy of the room, they're reading the energy of remote locations, or if they're holding objects, they're reading the energy of the object that belonged to the person that you're trying to contact. It really is amazing. So if you know of a real psychic, it's something you've always been interested in, I highly recommend it. And that's a little technique you can do to make sure they're not uh, bamboozling you they're not sitting there and just pretending to be psychic i I once saw on uh, larry king live this is going back a bit this woman older woman blonde hair older woman uh, came on his show and was claiming to be one of the best psychics in the world and she was doing a reading for larry and she would ask him questions about who he wanted the contact and the information and what I realized she was doing. And I, I didn't understand why it wasn't obvious to Larry King or anybody else watching is that she was basically taking the information that he gave her at the beginning. Like she, she must've had a, a memory, like a like a, like an iron trap because she would take that information and then she would use subtleties from what he told her and rephrase it in a different way. So that when she, you know, fed it back to him and said, oh, yeah, the person's obviously this and this. And I, I was yelling at the screen and I'm like, you just told her that, you know, she knew about that. Of course, they didn't answer me. I, I was hoping, but they didn't. So I, I just I said, OK, that's, you know, if, if you're giving too much information or the psychic is inquiring too much information from you, then look out for that. You know, they can feed that information back to you and then you might forget how you phrased it before even saying it at all. And then you would think that that's them doing psychic impressions. But the real deal is that you can tell them absolutely nothing and they'll still come up with related things to your life. And yes, I mean, sometimes the um, I'm picking up somebody who has the first name that starts with the letter M. This seems to be a common process. I think there is something to it, even though it screams shadiness. But I do think there's something to it, uh, because they're—I think they're—they're they're trying to call on the energy, and before it arrives, before it, if it doesn't come at all, then they get nothing. Uh, a legit psychic too—if she can't read you for whatever reason, if there's a block there, they'll send you away. You won't get charged any money. That—that's also a good—a um, good trait of a real psychic. So anyway, I, it was always a mystery to me. I always watch Kate, Michelle, and Suzanne do their thing. And uh, just a mystery. I didn't know how it was working. I didn't know any of that stuff. But then I found meditation. Then I found mindfulness. And you know, it was for me, it was I was a very stressed out person. I was very unhealthy. I was very overweight. Uh, my health was fading. My life seemed to be a, a a ball of chaos. And these reasons drew me to it. Now, I've, I've always been into uh, the teachings of Buddhism. I've listened to speeches from guys like... Uh, Tetna Han, Alan Watts, the Dalai Lama, et cetera, et cetera. I've always been into that. Since I was a teenager, that was kind of like the angle I skewed into. So it was always something that was really important to me. But it wasn't until approximately 13, 14 years ago that I really took it serious. Because that was the time that I wanted to turn my life around. I wanted to be more healthy. I, I knew I was getting older. I definitely didn't want to have... A very difficult time when I got into my senior years, so I, I gravitated towards it. Now, I did it for health reasons. I had no idea at the time that there would be so many other advantages to it, especially somebody like myself who has experience in paranormal investigation, but as well, i go out to haunted locations so often and had experiences myself too, that I would be more sensitive to that kind of energy and absolutely amaze me in that regard so it did increase my psychic awareness didn't turn me into a Kate Michelle or Suzanne but it increased my psychic awareness and I found it very helpful in that world and in just in the world in general because having that intuition to be able to pick on those subtleties in life is very healthy and one of the biggest blocks to this is mind chatter mind chatter is basically us talking to ourselves you might be thinking oh i don't do that daniel i'm not a crazy person but there's a real subtlety to it i think eckhart tolle was the guy who turned me on to that uh talking about how he had the experience where he saw somebody in public uh, talking and screaming to themselves and immediately thought okay that person's crazy But then when he went home that night, he's in the bathroom looking at himself in the mirror and He's actually talking to himself. He's like, well, Why did you do that today? You know, I'm so upset if you for doing that today And then he realized how different is he? From the person he saw screaming at themselves in public. I mean, yeah There's the one subtle thing where you you have kind of a control of how you are in public but deep down, it's the exact same thing. There's a very thin line between talking to yourself when you're by yourself in the bathroom mirror and screaming at yourself in public. Very thin line. So that mental chatter in our head should not be there. It, it came through evolution. It was a way to warn ourselves if there was danger coming. But I think it's outgrew his its usefulness. And I can see the human organism... The consciousness organism is slowly changing on its own it is definitely easier now to get rid of the mental chatter with you know the teachers that are out there and the the teachings the the learning that has been done over the generations you can easily learn this and i think it's easier overall from a consciousness energy to get to that point where you have zero mental chatter in your mind Uh, probably not zero but much much less you know I've been trying this for years myself and you know there's still many times that I I get caught up in my thoughts and they do cause me to feel emotions as if what I'm thinking is truly happening in front of me and this is the problem this is a source of pain and stress and this tethers us to the material world so you're, you're never spiritual you never dive into the energies that are surrounding you the invisible energies that obviously exist I know some people might say ghosts aren't real, that they're not real, they don't exist. But I mean, just in the sense of electricity, you know, it's invisible and it exists. I mean, there is energy out there. There's frequencies that exist in the world. I'm going to talk a little bit about how you can use frequency to kind of, you know, biohack yourself. I'll talk about that a little bit later on. But it exists. So being stuck in the mental chatter And feeling the pain and stress that comes from it as if what you're fearing is real tethers us to the material world and takes us farther away from having that natural sensitivity slash psychic ability. So what is the tool that's going to take us down that road? Now, unfortunately, this word has a boring connotation to it. I know I felt it as well you can call it whatever you want to call it you can call it uh, deep focus you can call it tapping into like the natural bliss of life but most people they call it meditation or just focus in general and it doesn't have to be you you're not you're not going to be a buddhist monk the first day that you try you start out very slow you sit down you uh you don't even, you don't even need to do the lotus position because some like for me that hurts my back so i'll just sit in a chair And you just take your time. I mean, uh, you have five minutes twice a day. How about that? Just start with five minutes twice a day, 10 minutes total, where you just sit and you're focusing on your breathing. You could could, uh, have some nice music playing in the background. It, It doesn't matter as long as you're not talking in your mind. So that's your goal for that 10 minutes in a day, five minutes times two, is just to be able to sit there and try and keep your mind silent. And you do that for a week or two, and then you up it to 10 minutes each time, 20 minutes a day, and so on and so forth. And eventually you're going to get to that sweet spot where you can keep your mind quiet for long periods of time. And then what actually ends up happening is this natural feeling of excitement and bliss just kind of seeps into you. And once you can get to that sweet spot, get past the pain of having to sit in the silence there, which most people feel, once you get past that, and you can feel that you know goodness that bliss that comes along with true meditation you're going to crave it so that's your goal i mean it's just like when you work out and you're working out in a muscle at first it hurts and then eventually it feels good or runners you know they the, the old runners high that you've heard about at first it's going to hurt and you're going to you know, your lungs are going to hurt from all the breathing and your body's not used to it and then eventually it's going to feel good it's the same thing with meditation you're working out your focus you're working out your attention and then you're tapping into that natural joy that exists all around you so you can do this in the morning and at night you can do it during the day it doesn't really matter just just do it just get a feel for it eventually your body and your mind will tell you what best way works for you the the, the point is just rip off the band-aid and just get going um and it doesn't have to be sitting in quiet as well there is uh, other ways to do focus Uh, one of the ones that i liked at the beginning was listening to music so if you listen to music and then you just focus on one instrument like say a song is three to five minutes long you just focus on the drums for the entire song and then the next song you listen to you just focus on the guitar the next song you listen to you focus on the um, intricacies of the singer's voice It doesn't really matter, but as long as you hold your focus on that one thing, that's a form of meditation because your focus is taking your mind away from the mental chatter. So listening to music works for this. Uh, Watching movies. Now, nothing too exciting. Uh, You know, like uh, you can watch like YouTube videos about spiritual stuff. You can watch, um, you know, the cartoons like comedies, and you just focus on certain things that are in front of you like uh you know with the, the room that they're standing in just make sure that you're not thinking about other things just you know dive yourself deep into that and that's also a good thing as well because then later on when you watch movies you can really feel a part of them instead of like checking your email or checking your TikTok or whatever well while, while you're supposed to be watching a movie there's more focus in that and that builds your focus as well it's kind of a meditation. But the, the goal here is just no distraction. You're just putting your focus. There's no thought. There's no mental chatter. And if you if you get to that level, no matter how you reach it, and build that attention span, build that muscle, that's the key. So you increase your focus. And what does that lead to but a uh, quiet mind that will last longer and longer and longer. And then you'll see that your your stresses go down. Uh, the, the pain goes down uh, you won't be as interested in terrible food so you might even eat healthier and then you'll crave that even more i mean there's, there's there's these benefits that you don't even think about as you go down that road but it's definitely well worth it now before i get into more uh, detailed experience in um, you know how this increases your psychic ability and what you might expect from it uh, you know definitely not you know, Sylvia Brown level stuff where you're going to be reading people and telling them their lives, but it definitely, you know, increases your intuition. I'll talk a little bit about that. I just want to talk a little bit about, um, energy signatures and vibrations because this kind of gives you an idea of how the world works because every, everything around us is energy. I mean, even go to scientific experiments, you know, you learn about atoms You learn about how they vibrate in certain ways, you know, almost like little tiny universes that create up your material being. Everything around you is made up of different atoms vibrating at their different frequencies to create whatever type of material they need to create. So really everything is vibrating. And you'll know that when you get uh, down the road of meditation, eventually you'll feel it. Sometimes you'll even feel it like just naturally throughout the day, 24 hours, you know, seven days a week you'll just feel that you're vibrating and it's true I mean the everything is a frequency if you are uh, happy that's a frequency if you're calm that's a slower frequency if you're stressed that's a uh, different type of more chaotic frequency everything's frequencies so I mentioned before as a way of doing what uh, quote-unquote biohack to change your emotions without really even having to do anything at all. I want you to look up something called uh, Sofeggio, I believe in pronoun, Sofeggio Frequencies. It's S-O-L-F-E-G-G-I-O, Frequencies. And I want you to kind of just dive into that a little bit. Look at what each frequency does. And then you can go on YouTube and search for pure tones with no music. And uh, if you can, if you got headphones, I recommend wearing those because it gets its highest effect. And just listen to them. So like, for example, I'll, I'll give you one here. Uh, 396 hertz is a calming frequency. So if you're stressed about something and you put that on in the background as you're working or whatever, you're going to automatically feel like you're not as stressed. I'll play an re- example right now. So just think of something that stresses you out. Maybe something bad happened to you today, a road rage incident, or your boss was kind of rude to you, or whatever it might be. Just think about that right now, and then allow kind of a bit of a stressed feeling to come upon you. And so feel the stressed feeling, and I'm about to play 10 seconds of the 396 pure tone, and just see the effect it has on you. So I'll give you a second to kind of dive into that stress. Five, four. Three, two, one. So what do you think? Did it help at all? I know for me, with the headphones especially, I'll just even put it on my speaker playing in the background. When I'm working, when I'm doing whatever, I actually go to the 741 hertz, which helps um, bring on creative thinking. But the 396 is a good place to start if you just want to feel less stress while you're working. You put it on the background at very low volume, and it can make a world world of difference. So hopefully that worked for you, but it really is a cool biohack. And there's so many different frequencies that do different things so just kind of make a list of that have them in the background uh like i say, you can find them on youtube and even the ones with the music aren't bad i mean if you're doing work and you listen to that background it will definitely help you out pure tones are probably the best but you know the ones with the music are cool as well and there's a huge following for this if you have spotify there is playlists Of the music with those frequencies in the background so you can see people are really getting into it they're very quite popular so it is a good way to biohack to you know um, as you're doing your meditations as you're doing your focusing exercises to get rid of that stress and dull the pain especially at the beginning it also takes focus away from the mind chatter which is always a good thing too and as you dive into this more and more, as your focus becomes deeper and deeper, you'll then start to be able to tap into haunted locations on a much deeper level. So why is it that you need to be more sensitive to have ghostly experiences? That's a great question. Well, thank you, Daniel. I'm, I'm glad you asked it. Ah, no problem, Daniel. I appreciate it anyway. Sorry, that's just me pretending I'm crazy still. Anyway, so yeah, ghosts are at a weaker vibration. That's the reason why. If people think, you know, uh, because of the horror movies, you're thinking that, you know, ghosts are very powerful beings that can pick you up and throw you across the room. But this doesn't happen. I don't think they can ever pick you up. Maybe they can pick some objects up and move them around or throw them around, whatever. But... For the most part, I mean, they're just at weaker vibrations. I mean, we're always in control of these situations. I say hey, if you have a haunting in your house, sometimes it's just enough to tell it to leave. Because as living beings, we are these balls of energy that vibrate at a much higher frequency than uh, spirits would, residual or conscious, something that's left behind. They just, they're at weak vibrations because they've been around for a long time. I'll give an example I knew a investigator once out of Toronto actually posed the question is like over time can a once extreme haunting can it fade away and I totally do believe that and agree with it because it kind of fits the whole energy mindset that if something is very powerful at the beginning if there's nothing that's kind of renewing that energy that's recharging it maybe that's what our physical bodies are for who knows but if there's nothing there that you know energy usually does fade like anything it has a birth and it has a death so yes I do I do believe that if you have an extreme haunting at a location that over the years it's going to become less and less and less and eventually it will die or fade away so maybe at the beginning of a tragedy an area might have an extreme amount of energy for what occurred there like a burst of energy But then over time, it gets weaker. So ghosts in a historic house that haunts a space, for the most part, I think it does get weaker. I mean, there's ways to charge it. I think one of the ways to charge it is to put focus on it. Hence the theory of, uh, with legends, if enough people believe in it, that it almost manifests something even more powerful. It's because you're putting your focus on it and you're granting it energy that you're charging it. But for the most part, spirits and ghosts in general have weak vibrations. So if you don't have a deep focus into it, you're never going to have an experience. Because you're not really focused on it, first off. And second off, you would be unable to kind of tap in to that lower frequency. Therefore, it's not going to happen for you. So by going down this road of meditation, deeper focus, longer attention that you're increasing that ability, becoming more sensitive, and then you can pick up on it much easier. So that's the other advantage and the the full subject of the show this week is that by doing this, you will have more ghostly experiences, and I believe that to be very true. So here's an example before I cut out for the week uh, with the spirit show here, number two, the spirit shows. Hope you're enjoying them but the experience of reading a haunted room so if you're an investigator or you just like doing it you go to special events aka the uh, ghost hunts that are offered out there you have the opportunity to be in a haunted place at night come on the ghost walks you feel that too you want to be able to read a space that you're inside of so if you walk into a room and you're just looking at oh nice picture on the wall that's cool clock your mind just keeps talking about that over and over again you're not going to pick up on anything So by increasing your attention and lowering your mind chatter, when you go into these haunted spaces, you're now feeling the energy of the room over everything else. So that if there is something in that room, you're going to feel it. Now, what does that feel like? So I've had this happen a couple times over the years. And if it's something that's restless, which is what we feel the most because pain leaves the biggest impression, So if it's something that's restless and angry and negative that's what you're going to feel so you're going to walk into a space and you might have just been happy and fine before but the minute you go into that space you're going to feel anxiety you're going to feel dread and this very much could be like something that's external to you inside the room now i've had it where it's very subtle you just feel a little scared inside the room even it's really not that scary But I've also had it where it's so extreme they can actually pinpoint the location where the thing is standing. And I've had that experience as well. Something that was like very powerful. And you walk into the space and I'm like, okay, I know it's in the corner over there. Because it's in that space that you feel the worst. That animals will pick up on it in a certain way and they'll react to it. Because their sense of children will definitely react to it much more. Sometimes you even have to take a child out of the room because of how bad it feels and they're gonna know. So you go inside of a room, it's just a general anxiety. It could be something tragic that happened in the room. It's just a residual energy that remains. So you're gonna feel anxious, you're gonna feel sadness. You're gonna you know, kind of be uncomfortable and wanna leave. But if it's something that's extreme, it's almost like you can know it's standing over in that corner watching you. And it might even angle its energy towards you but when you go into that space, you might like feel a little of anxiety outside of it. But when you walk into that space, you're going to feel a ton of it, and it's just kind of like it gets so extreme that you know something's there. Like you're 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 positive. Your body's telling you there's somebody else that is there. You'll feel uncomfortable, and this is where the tools come in as well, because when you're sensitive to that, you can then take your EMF detector, you know, take your camera and your recorders, and focus it on that space so you don't even have to be psychic to be an effective paranormal investigator in that sense when you are tapped in to the more sensitivities of the energies around you anyway that's the show everyone there's a link to a contact form in the description if you guys want to get a hold of me i'd love to continue this conversation anything you'd like to add i might feature it on a future show so contact form link in the description of the podcast. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'll talk to you on Thursday.